Welcome to the Solo Venture Podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this. If you could do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe or follow button, we'll work tirelessly to make the show better and expand production as we want to share the best info and best experiences to inspire your journey to solopreneurship. That is the only favor we'll ever ask of you. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. Now that I pay attention to my sleep pattern, like I'm better with it. And I'm like, everything's perfect for sleep. You know, I'm, I'm in bed by like nine. I'm already, you know, I got all my, take my magnesium and all my Huberman stuff. And uh, so, <laughs> yes. so now it's like before when I was just a drunk asshole, it wasn't that big of a deal. Cause I'm just like, <laughs> so I'm, easy, fucking, I'm yeah. just gonna fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. that I'm actually trying to be good about sleep, it's like, it, it hurts. And so in that chair, I'm just like trying to move and shit. It was like, makes yeah. a massive difference. Doesn't it? Yeah. It, you know what? It's a good reminder of of how comfortable we get, and this this doesn't just go for sleep. This goes for like everything in life, like how comfortable you get used to getting for things. Like now, now I'm like I'm I'm cold, so I just put on my little thing here. Or like if we get too hot, we turn on the air conditioner. Or if like yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if we get hungry, there's food everywhere. You know, like it's just kind of a reminder. Like humans are so spoiled, man. Like uh, it's, it's like we're, we're very rarely uncomfortable. Like if I go outside now and it's raining, I put my jacket on and I got my umbrella, you know, it's like fucking, <clears throat> I mean, it's good. It's good, but it's, it definitely isn't good. Like if, if the world ever went to shit and we lost power, like electricity and everything, it, it would be rough. I think people would be surprised how quickly people would turn into animals as well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I mean, you it, saw in COVID, like the fucking toilet paper situations, like obviously yeah, like, a yeah, few yeah. incidents, but I mean, if it had gotten worse than that, I would not be surprised if people, yeah, people yeah. would not, yeah, would be mental. They'll go mad. They'll go mad. There's actually some studies on this I had to read up when I was working for the government. We had to plan for contingencies in case the power grid went down right. like, for a terrorist attack or something. And it only takes like, like the first day, so the first day after an attack or after something just goes wrong, like like people are kind of like, they kind of wait around. They're like, okay, you know, the, the government will fix this. After a couple of days and you're not getting any news because if the cell networks or the news, you know, if you're not getting any information, it only takes like a week for people to turn into animals and start robbing their neighbors, you know, and start like, you know, acting yeah. like fucking savages. It doesn't take long uh, because people lose their minds, especially like, if you're super cold or if you're super hot, because we're so, we're so, and again, I'm not complaining. I love the, I love the, uh, the time that we live in, but we're so spoiled. Like there's no discomfort whatsoever. Yeah. And we've still got the crocodile brain, like trying to yeah. handle it yeah, or yeah. like being distracted by all these like colorful things and sweet things. And yeah, um, yeah that's right. Yeah. Biology yeah. hasn't caught up with it. Now it wouldn't take long for people to lose their shit and uh, st start causing problems. So it's like, I don't know, like we, we, we talked about what to do, but like, what do you do? Cause then, then you have to also think like everybody who works for the government that's supposed to help also has families that are like out of power and out of food. So like, yeah. why, and if you can't pay me, if you can't, if the government can't pay me, I'm like, well, fuck, I'm out of here. I'm not going to sit yeah. here and do this shit. Yeah, for yeah, sure. So yeah, sure. hopefully it doesn't come down. Maybe it's got it all wrong. As, as we, yeah. As, as we sit here with like, I got three screens, MacBook, got my new 15, my iPhone 15. I got all this cool stuff. We got all of our fucking thumbs up. Well, it's not going to work on the camera here. That's, oh, that's right, it. yeah. Oh, there you go. There it comes. That's fucking great. That's great. It's going to stay there the whole time. So, yeah. But, uh, well, I guess where we left off, we were talking about uh, um, like co-working and networking uh, events and things like that. I'm actually in a co-working space now. So, 
to talk about events a little bit. It's, it's pretty convenient now because like the, this co-working space, for example, and a lot of them are like this. It's got like an app and like a newsletter and the lady who works downstairs, she's really good about keeping us informed. Then they have business um, meetings or meetups here. And it's not just co-working. You can find this anywhere online. I mean, there's groups, apps, and you know, Facebook, social media, and everything for for certain meetups. But in general, I've found that it's been pretty helpful going to just any type of uh, networking and uh, meetup. And I actually was the other day. I was downstairs working here, and somebody had a what's called a, a BNI here in the states. It's called a business networking. <laughs> I forgot what the I stands for, but it's 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 something where people regularly get together. And uh, it was pretty cool. I was just eavesdropping. They were working like right next to me or they were meeting next to me. And it's pretty cool because it, it could be like a roofer and a plumber and then a, a tax person or whatever, you know. So like just because pretty like there, there's a – yeah, exactly. And, and there's a time and a place to like go meet with people that, that are writers and that are marketers that, that do what we do. But it's also nice to jump into groups uh, of people that have nothing to do with what we do. And you have to remember that sure. just because – yeah, and just because somebody is in the group, or if you walk into the group, you start talking, and, and nobody needs nobody needs a skill. Obviously, it's always good to have more friends and human contact, but they may have a friend or a family member who needs help. So, so just to expand on the co working thing, and this again doesn't have to be some formal setting where like I'm I'm paying to use this building for the month, but this could just be a coffee shop that you spend time in regularly and they'll post things and it's it's just never a bad idea to to try to jump into an event. I don't I don't know what um now as as you've been traveling, have you attended any events or is that more so something back back when you're home? I have. Um not quite the event that you described. They were more remote worker focused. Um, particularly there's one in Cyprus and they do it every Saturday. And to be honest, what it's turned into is a lot of the people that move to Cyprus to start businesses, freelance or otherwise, they have started meeting up on a regular basis and there's a bit of a community there. So it's a lot of local, what are now local uh, business owners, freelancers as part of the group, which is really cool um, with travelers coming in, um, as they come and go, as they visit Cyprus, um, they're there because of the tax reasons, it's, um, super low tax in Cyprus. Um, obviously it's beautiful and sunny and nice beaches as well, of course. Um, but not quite the types of events you just described. Um, I, I think going to events like the ones you described are also just good opportunities to practice a little bit and just be a genuinely helpful person go there and just give some advice away. Um, if you all sat around a table and like someone's talking about a problem they have, solve it on the table if you have a marketing solution to it. Like just give them it. Um, because one, it, it doesn't hurt to just sometimes give stuff away for free. Um, two, it helps you actually practice um, offering that solution in terms of literally delivering it like verbally. Um, it's, it's always good to, to practice that. Um, and you are just helping some people. Um, and yes, of course, there is the potential for something to bloom out of it um, if you make a good connection there. Um, but don't even go in with that goal. Just go in with the goal of being helpful, listening, understanding people's problems. That's another thing. Uh, the more you are attentive to the struggles people have, guarantee you if you sat around a table of 20 business owners of all different types, the things they say are probably indicative of the 20,000 business owners that are like them in a different industry. So it's a good data collection 
opportunity as well. No, it's definitely a good cross section. That's a really good point. And and I found too, like if I'm around like the people that I normally work with on a, or interact with on a daily basis, you know, whether it's my girlfriend or whether it's people that I work with, like I'm only getting um, their reaction to me. Like we're only interacting on that level. And then when I'm in a, a group of people that maybe I haven't met before, uh, I, I kind of learn like like what I'm good at or what I'm not good at. And I'll expand on that a little bit. Like I'll somebody will ask me like, hey, what have you been up to? And I'll be like, well, I did these three sales funnels the other day. And they're like, oh, I really want to see that. Or they want to learn more about it. And, and I'm, I forget because when you interact with the same people in the same environment every day, um, it's just, I don't want to say stale, but you're you're not really improving or you're not, you're not really getting getting better or worse at a particular thing. And I found that um, like there are things that I, I thought I was good at. And then when I get into a public setting with people I haven't met before and I like start talking about it, I realize I have no business talking about that until I learn more. And then I learn other things that people are like, that's really interesting. And they'll say that to me. And I'm like, it is because I don't, you know, because I'm so used to, you know, you get stuck in that one little lane and I'm like, I didn't think this was interesting at all. So it does help you like, uh, I guess, become more human. So when you do interact with clients, you know, it kind of keeps you out of that little zone because in, in this day and age with all this technology, it's really easy just to get stuck. And like, you know, what do they say? Like you are the, whatever of your five people around you, whether that's Twitter, Someone, uh, yeah. people that you follow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is nice to, like, I mean, human interaction is always great, but I've, I've always taken away something from a live event, you know, whether it's a happy hour or something organized, just to kind of, it kind of resets you back into reality, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd, I'd liken it to, um, like animals on a reserve, like, you know, you're only going to get so much, um, value from being like in the reserve. But, you know, if you want to actually be a real wild animal, you're going to have to go out into the wild um, and learn how to fend for yourself and actually interact with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's how I'd kind of liken it. Um, yeah. What, if, if you just hang out with the fucking penguins all day, you're just you're just going to be a fucking penguin. You got you to <laughs> get out and try other shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's a good point, though. Yeah. We're stuck in the same crowd all the time, you know, talking about yeah, the same 100%. things and not, and not really... And it's not that you're not improving, but it really does take an outside perspective. And that's a great way to gain that. So, yeah. So collaboration, this obviously ties in quite well with the co-working spaces. So if you are in a co-working space, um, build those networks, get to know people because it's likely that and get to know people that are outside of your skill set. Um, get to know if you're a copywriter, get to know web designers, get to know project managers, get to know graphic designers any other skill set get to know them even if they're not like even within the creative world like get to know accountants or other um, um, kind of professions because you may have a win-win scenario in the future where you know they they're not a copywriter um, they're not a web designer and you can you know work together collaborate with them in the future and they, they may like may be likely to pass your leads and vice versa because you're going to encounter clients that need more than copywriting, more than what you currently provide. And it's nice to lean on people that you you already know. Um, so you, one of the things I like about it is we're kind of talking about freelancers, solo business owners. And we made the point in the last episode that it can be a bit lonely sometimes because you, if you're not in like a co-working space, you're not, you know, you're working from home. You're not around other people that go through the same things as you. So this is another way to build on that is not only are you like surround yourself with those people, but like you can then collaborate and actually work with someone on a project, even though they're doing something else on it. And um, it can be quite satisfying that way. 
Yeah, I know for sure. And it's actually, it, it's quite motivating too. Um, you know, even, even if you're not a, a in a, a space like I'm at now, there's just something about the vibe. And I know we touched on this before about sitting with other people working in the room. I kind of feel like I need to do something. So even if, even if you make a few friends and you're all just kind of sitting around a table and working, it just kind of, it just kind of, kind of feeds. I think if, if I'm sitting in the apartment by myself, um, you know, I have a tendency to like, you know, turn on the TV or just wander around a little bit. So just, even if, um, even if you're hanging out with a bunch of people, that are like-minded, but you're, you're all busy and focused on your own thing. It's just kind of the energy in the room that really helps out. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, cool. So we have been through a ton of ways, um, to kind of go out and get the clients. Um, and we wanted to jump into more of the logistical side slash cool. Once you've actually, um, done a lot of this work, you might start getting calls with prospects. Um, and you know, what do you do from there? So, First point we want to make is be organized because it's going to help you. It will help you land the clients essentially. So if you've identified a thousand uh, prospects, uh, 500 prospects, like get a spreadsheet and put them in there, put all the relevant information in there. So if you're an email copywriter, cool, put the website name. You know, if you've got different columns for like, do they have certain um, parts of their email marketing set up already? Because that information is going to be super useful if you do get a call with them because you've kind of done a bit of a pre-audit already. Plus, you're going to probably want to keep track of um, follow-ups because you're not just going to send one email or DM or make one phone call. You are going to follow up on a on a diff, you know certain cadence, whether that's weekly, um, monthly, or otherwise. Um, so be organized. You can use tools like HubSpot um, or other CRMs if you want to be a little bit more advanced. But if not, and if you don't want to pay for something, you don't need to just use a spreadsheet or another system that works for you, but make sure you stay organized with it. Because also, this is not a three-month exercise. You need to have a long-term horizon mindset. So I've got a spreadsheet that I set a year ago and reached out to people. Well, if I'm now coming into a period of time where I want to get some new clients, that's there for me to go back to. Even if I got rejected from one of them eight months ago, I still want their contact details and all the information that is relevant for the interactions I had with them. So I can use that in any new follow-ups um, or interactions with them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I use um, uh, Todoist as well. And it's free. Like uh, They're not sponsoring the show, even though I wish they would. They actually turned me down for a job last year. So I tried really hard. I really wanted it. I was so into their organization. I really wanted to like get a job they said uh my application was too over the top so i was, I was a little too much day. i guess they're more, yeah i, I guess they're that. more chill than i have yeah yeah they were really nice about it though uh, anyway, what anyway, did you so, do well they wanted me to write a story about for a test project and i, I took all weekend and i had nothing you else to do was that it uh, yeah 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 and i made up all these little stories and everything so there's they were probably like holy shit this guy's <laughs> he's to lay off the uh, adderall or whatever he's on you know but but there are ways. I to do, do that think too, you'd be. You, I do be good at uh, like project management. Yeah, to do. Well, now, I just need a lot to do. Yeah, I need a lot to do. That's I'm telling you, man. Not not drinking really uh, gives me too much time. I need <laughs> stuff to do. But I use Todoist all the time now. Like I'll, like I'll, I'll do what you're what you're talking about. I'll make a spreadsheet and then I'll link like a little reminder in Todoist that like, hey, it's been two weeks since I've reached out to this person. It's been a month since I reached out to this person. And you're really you're really right about keeping some information. So 
on each client because either they come back to you or you reach back out to them. You don't want to look foolish. A friend of mine, uh, this is a dumb story, but in Fort Lauderdale, like 10 years ago before like phones were like smartphones were around, but they weren't like super advanced now where you can actually do the spreadsheet on your phone and all that stuff. You could really keep track of things with notes. When we would meet, uh, he would meet, <laughs> he would meet women at the bar and he would save their phone number as the girl's name. And then he'd put a paragraph in, uh, grew up in Davy, likes horses. Like, so her first name was whatever right. her last name, her last name was like, you know, uh, went to, went to college here, grew up over here, likes going to the beach. So then when, it, when he would get a text message from her, like a couple months later or whatever, he would be like, Oh, and then she's like, Oh my God, do you remember all this stuff about me? Oh so it, it was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's just a, an example of when you, when you, when you reach out to these companies and whether you reach out to them again and again, or if they finally come back to you, you definitely want some context somewhere and it doesn't have to be much, you know, like saving the website's a really good idea or just uh, bookmarking in Gmail or whatever mail service you use <clears throat> so that you can go back and kind of read the thread. Um, simple common sense things, but I've been there before where somebody's come back to me and I totally forgotten who they were. Um, I had to do some digging. I'm like, I, I think I remember this name, but I got in, like, let's say you email somebody for outreach for a, 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 like you're trying to prospect for a client, then you email the contact at or the info at line. But then somebody from the company named Ben will email you back and you're like, I, you know, I, it, I don't remember this person and I don't have any context. So it's, it's totally a good idea to have at least a little bit of information on each one stored somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of like follow-ups as well, like um, I mentioned Cadence earlier, um, it's definitely a good idea to follow up somewhat regularly in the first like month to two months of interactions. And I say follow-up, like even if they're not responding, it's like, sending up another email sending out another email and then you know once a month or two passes don't do it every week um because you also don't want to be too annoying um definitely not too needy so stagger it make it you know maybe once a month and then as time goes on maybe you want to after six months if they've not messaged you um just call it for a bit um, and then you know note that down and then come back to it in another six months if, if you want to yeah, and it is uh, like uh, like some people I think feel like they're being annoying, and sometimes it is. Uh, but I'll tell you, this last week I've I needed two things done uh, through my job, and I had gotten a follow up email from somebody that I'd forgotten about, uh, and I was I ended up being able to hook them up with a project. So it's it wasn't you know they just weren't top of mind. So. Even if you think you're being annoying, and you might be, um, it, it worked for the person that was reaching out to me because I was like, oh, that's right. So-and-so was said they were ready to, to handle this this week. And here we are now. They're working on a, a paid project. So it's just a good idea to keep rolling. And look, if, if they get your email, they don't want to open it. They can just archive it. It's not that big of a deal. If you have any kind of budget available, invest in some sort of email software that allows you to track the opens. That's quite useful. Uh, it, I mean, it's extremely useful actually because you can see over like three months if they keep opening the emails, that's good to know. Um, so that's someone you don't want to necessarily give up on, but you may just want to be a little bit more tactical with because uh, you know that there's some sort of intent from their side. Um, another point on this is slightly going back a, a step. Um, we missed it. I don't think we mentioned it in the last episode. One other approach to starting a conversation with certain brands is sign up to their mailing lists, 
be on there for a month or so and open and engage with them and respond to one of the emails one day. Like literally you get a marketing email from them, just send a reply. Um, because sometimes the email address you reply to is monitored and it can be quite a sneaky way of actually getting into their inbox. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, that worked for me with Under Armour, I think. Uh, I mean, I never went anywhere, but... Really? What did they say? Just a polite full decline? Yeah, I forget. I was new and I was uh, I was kind of... Um, I was I had a hard time striking a balance when I was really new at this of like, how confident should I be? And now I kind of regret that a little bit because uh, on the one hand, I was like, well, I'm going to aim high. And on the other hand, I, I know I wasted a lot of uh, hiring managers time because I kept applying to things that I had no business applying for. So in my mind, I'm telling myself like, hey, apply anyway and, and uh, you know, see where it goes. But I don't think and I, I do regret this. I think I aimed too high and I, I was submitting applications for everything. So they may have been like, we need a, we need a senior copywriter. And I'm like, well, I've been doing this for two days. So I'm like, that's, that's me, you know, so. Oh, go for it though, right? Yeah. It's also feedback. Like you didn't get the job, but you get some sort of information that can be useful in the future. Um, so it's also always worth it. Plus how much time investment extra is there to email another brand that might be slightly out of reach? Um, right. and you never know. So it's as in you've That's got nothing true. to lose, like another couple of minutes sending an email to them. We've got kind of iteration slash A B testing here, but so when we say A B testing or iteration, what we mean is say you've got your email template. Ideally, at some point, you want to test a different version of it. However, for this to be meaningful or statistically significant, really, you want to be sending out really, really high volumes of emails. Otherwise, it's not really like if you're sending out 100 emails, um, even like if you're sending like hundreds of emails, I still think that's not enough to be doing meaningful A-B testing. And A-B testing for anyone who doesn't know is like you test version A of an email, version B of an email. Um, so if you send out five, 500, 250 of one, 250 of the other um, to find out which was the best. But yeah, you want to be sending high volume. So that's if you're using a strategy like cold email and you're using a proper like a robust cold email setup that's automated and you've like bought a load of contact information. So you're, you're actually sending out thousands of emails, then this is a good strategy. But if you're kind of doing it manual yourself, I wouldn't worry about it. I would, you could tweak here and there every now and again. I mean, just, just getting them out there, you know, like if, if you don't want to sign up for something and I'm not sure how much some of these platforms, I know we're partial to Klaviyo because that's kind of the most popular one, but Again, you know, if it's not something that you want to deal with, just just making sure that you're, uh, we mentioned this before about the domain. I think that you had that issue in the beginning, just blasting out a ton of uh, cold outreach at once. So at a minimum, you have to be careful with that and kind of pace that out. And again, I, I wish we could, I would say we would give um, some advice for warming up a domain here, but the, the algorithms and the rules change every day. So we can link that in the notes uh, for the best practices on that. But I, I wouldn't pretend to know what the latest and greatest is on that. But there are, there are procedures and processes to make sure that, you know, if you don't just blast out a couple hundred emails at once uh, and then end up tanking your domain and having to dig out of that hole. So, yeah, be careful with it. Um, look into the latest um, information and make sure you're yeah protecting your domain names. Um, awesome. So we have been through ways to get a client um, as a freelancer slash solo business owner. Um, 
we've got a few last points we'd love to go over, which is kind of cool. You sent out all this outreach um, by whatever means you chose. Uh, you've booked a call, um, which is awesome. Um, and terrifying. And terrifying. And what the fuck do you do now? Um, yeah. So we, we want to touch on that. We may do a longer episode on this. There's no way around it. It's, it's kind of like, it, whether it's it's the initial call or any part of the project, like you 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 think about these things and you want them so bad, like you want to get people on the phone, you want to get a project, you want to get a job, and then when they finally say yes, it's like instant panic, you know, like oh shit, now I actually have to do something, I have to think this out. So, I mean, really, when somebody wants to hop on a call, um, you know, it's 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 probably the good news is when they reply to you, whether it's email or whatever, and they say, hey, let's talk about this. It's usually not that day, which is good. So usually have a couple of days to think about it. Uh, and typically what I've done then is if it's, and again, if it's somebody that I remember, great. If it's somebody that I don't, I have to search back, like who was this person that I sent this uh, you know, proposal to or whatever it was. And then I usually, I find their website um, and information is so easy to find these days. I mean, you don't have to get like super creepy and dig deep on people and look at their social media, but you know, you could just kind of do a pass over, yeah, most companies have, let's say I get a, uh, there's a company in, in Colorado, for example, that I, I wear their shoes, zero shoes. And let's say they, they reached out and they wanted to talk or, you know, we set up a meeting. I would just go to their website, go to the about page, look at, look, see whoever emailed me, find their name, find out what they do and just kind of brush up on it. And just for my own sanity, like, let's say the calls tomorrow, like I'll look at it today. Then tomorrow I'll open everything up um, before the meeting and then kind of, you know, just prepare myself as best you can for the talking points. And you have to remember too, like the, these people, they're, they're not expecting some huge presentation. If it's a, if it's a video call, it kind of goes without saying, you know, try not to be, you know, in a, in a closet wearing, you know, <laughs> wearing, wearing like a tank top or something like that, you know, professionalism, <laughs> you know, there, there are, I mean, and some people do, <laughs> some people do. So, but without getting into like the actual uh, process of the call, but just preparation, it, it's not that hard to find the information these days on, on the internet and just do a, a quick pass. Um, and, and really it's, the call is about them. So just asking them a lot of questions, um, I would suggest, you know, again, we'll do a deeper dive on, on calls, but having some form of recording or transcription, if it's legal in your state, um, you know, things like that. But just preparation wise, I just try to make a pass over the website and usually everything I need to know is found there. Yeah, I love the transcript idea recording. Um, and I'm sure most people would be quite comfortable with that, especially if you preface it with the reason I'm doing this is so I make sure not, absolutely nothing is missed from this because um, super important. Obviously, you're writing notes, but you want to be engaged in the conversation too. So as well as notes are important, you don't want to just be like head down like this. You want to be a human being, have right. a real conversation with um, other human beings. Um, prep, uh, super important. I like um, kind of looking at uh, who they are in a little bit more detail, especially the about us page. Um, be confident in what you actually provide. Know exactly the service you offer so that you can talk about that whenever they ask you because they're going to ask you questions about it. So be confident in what you offer. Um, don't be rigid because a lot of the times you'll get on the call and maybe what they need isn't exactly what you provide, but you can kind of be flexible to accommodate for it and offer like a bit of a bespoke solution. So always be flexible. Uh, if they throw something at you, 
that you don't do, um, if it's almost in your wheelhouse, um, as in it's something that you, you know, say you're a copywriter and it's a certain type of copy or whatever, like don't be afraid to say, yes, you can handle it and learn how to do it on the project. <laughs> um, equally, if it is something that's like far left field and it's not a service you provide, also don't just turn down the whole project because of it. Like, you know, if you, you're networking with other people, you might know someone that you can use or you'll be able to find someone. So don't turn things down like that. And uh, yeah, ask tons of questions. Um, really, really try to understand them, allow, allow them to speak because, um, and you can say this, um, hey, like I've been looking at the About Us page, um, found this really interesting, but would love to hear more about it from you. Um, also, you know, makes them feel a bit more uh, comfortable that you care about them. And I think that's probably the biggest I think it's one of the biggest failures some people can have in their client relationships is care. And mm -hmm. if you really want to do a good job for someone, you have to care about their business. So get invested. Um, why are they doing this? And this can be part of your prospecting. You, you know, and you can like weed out companies that you just think, do you know what? Am I going to actually care enough about their business to do a good job? Because if the answer is no, strike them off the list. It's not worth your time and you're going to waste their time. So get that right in the beginning. And then when you're on the call, like show that you care um, about it, you know? No, absolutely. And I, I, this reminds me of uh, last year, somebody reached out that would have been a really, really great client. And I forget the exact circumstances, but uh, they had some strange, um, and, and I don't have, issues with what, what anybody does religious wise, religion wise, but they had some really, really weird. It was one of those cultish type deals and it would have been a really, uh, it would have been a lot of money. No, no, no. Close, close. It was like something weird. It was like Scientology, but, but like, you know, uh, yeah. shoot of that. And it was one of those things where I was like, I knew, I knew I could do a good job for them and I knew the money would have been okay. I was just, I was concerned that after some time, um, I just wasn't going to enjoy it or it wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be into it. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to commit to something that I'm not going to be into. Uh, but back to your point about, um, you know, not shutting the door on things because, you know, and sometimes these clients, you get on a call with them and they'll tell you like in an email, like I need this, I need email nurture sequences or whatever. Then you get on a call with them and you find out like, well, they don't need that or maybe they need that, but they need something else. So sometimes they're not even sure what they want or what they need. So really just being able to listen, take notes. Like you said, if if it's something that you're not sure if you can do or if it's something that is kind of on the on the fringes of what you can do, instead of just saying like, hey, that's not me, you could always say, you know, all right, well, I, I took some notes here. There's X amount of things that I can handle for you. There are a couple of things I need to look into. You know, when do you want to set another time to talk? Just keep the door open, you know. Uh, but yeah, you don't, you definitely don't want to just shut down and say, this is all I do or anything like that. You know, it's always good to just, like leave that open-ended yeah stay positive and um yeah if you panic a little bit or you they ask you something you don't know like it's um also okay to say that you'll come back to them you know because yeah. especially if this is something that's like not it doesn't quite fit the your typical service and it's like very something very unique to their business like don't be afraid to say that you'll come back to them because people 
they'll know if you're lying. Yeah, so yeah. don't don't try and pull one um, unless yeah. you are a psychopath and you can like lie and they, they can't yeah. tell you. Like yeah. just yeah. don't like also like you're not helping anyone by lying. So be honest and and say like, um, hey, I actually don't know that scenario, but I'm gonna check and come back to you. Um, and you can say like, yeah, because I believe that there, there's probably a solution to this that we can work out. They'd much rather one work with somebody who's honest, obviously. Mm-hmm. To, oh no, that fucking name is one. For anybody oh, who's not watching this on video, Reese put his thumb up in uh, the new yeah. Apple thing. Uh, put a thumbs up in the middle <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> We're gonna keep um, it. In. <laughs> Uh, what was to say? Yeah, so uh, one, yeah. Yeah, they want to work with someone honest, and two, it shows a bit of initiative. Um, you know that you'll come back. To. Like you said, they can kind of tell. People could like if I get on a call with somebody. If I if, let's say I'm a client, and I am sometimes. You know, if we get a call with somebody, and everything I'm asking, I'm like, hey, can you do this? They're like, yeah, I can handle that. And I'm like, okay, well, can you fix my air conditioner? Like, I can do that. And like, I need an oil change in my car. They're like, yeah, I'm like, I know you can't do all these things, so. It actually, it for me, I would rather work with, it, it makes it more human and relatable too. If somebody told me like, hey, I can do your website, I can do your SEO. I'm pretty good at these other things. I'm not sure about this last thing, but I, I'll figure it out or I'll find somebody to do it. Like that to me is like a trustworthy person as opposed to like, oh yeah, no worries. I got this. I could do all your shit. You know, like nobody believes that. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, I mean, going back to my earlier point, um, like if they're asking you something that you don't quite, uh, you know no yet it's not quite part of your wheelhouse but like you know what it is like that's okay to kind of um show confidence in um but if it's like it's something that you've like never heard of don't just randomly say it. But if you like you're aware of like oh yeah I've, i haven't quite done any copy in in that style yet but i'm aware of it um it's okay to say that you can handle that kind of stuff because you know you can go and learn it it reminds me of one more story if you remember Back before we started even talking about doing this, um, I had that client here in the U.S. in Texas. Uh, without going into specifics, they're wonderful people. But I remember I reached out to you and some of the TNC members about, I've got this big thing coming up. Um, I oh, need, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need uh, well, all these things that, that I didn't. the reason we ever started talking to each other. Yeah, we started, yeah, we started talking over that. And, uh, but the, the, the thing is, I'm glad I handled it the way I did. And, and I'm not saying that I was great at this at the time. I'm just, I, I told them like, look, we can help you with your website. We can help you with they, uh, LinkedIn campaigns. All those are things they wanted to do. Uh, I just didn't really know much about Google ads. And that was one of their big things. Um, and I, I went through like two interviews with them. They're a wonderful company. They were very honest. They said, hey, look, you're the, they said, you put in the most effort on this as a proposal. And I went to the most meetings. He said that, uh, but because, you know, you were honest about this and that, we have a, a bigger company that can do all these things. So, and I still talk to them to this day. Like I reached out to them a few weeks ago to see how they were doing. And, and the door is still open for us to maybe work with them on something else. So I'm glad that I didn't say that I could handle all these things and then we would be scrambling. So again, you know, it just keeps the door open and they'll remember that I was honest and, you know, who knows, maybe down the road, it's a huge company and they have several divisions. We could end up working for them. So it's just good to keep that open. And I would keep that in mind at any call that no matter what happens, it doesn't, whatever comes of it, if it's like a, if it's a no, like doesn't mean it's like a no forever. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, things may change in the future business priorities change they now need a copywriter more than ever 
um, and they're not going to suddenly go to job networks to find them. They're going to be like, oh, oh yeah, we spoke to that you know, copywriter who yeah. wanted a job three months ago. They're probably going to go to that. They've already spoken with you. Companies do not want to spend time recruiting. It costs way too much. It costs direct cash and it costs time. Um, so inbound um, opportunities are always prioritized. And that's why the spreadsheet is important. <laughs> you know, keep track of these things um, because whether or not they reach back out to you, you might want to reach out to them again in six months and you might catch them at the right time and they were about to start looking for someone. Yeah, I mean, f- familiarity is a big thing. I mean, look at the way we live our lives, you know, just going to familiar places, doing like it, literally almost every part of our days are, you know, just like, what do I want for lunch today? The first things that pop into my mind are places I've already been. So, you know, it's, it's a probably not the best analogy for freelancing, but if you have, I think you're beating some, me on the analogies at the moment. Don't worry. But I think, I think, you know, like, honestly, like if I, if I needed, you know, this is human nature. If I needed something, um, done, uh, I, I can't think of what, but let's say <laughs> I pick something stupid. Uh, like if I need my, my phone fixed or something, I'm going to go back to the same place I had it fixed last time or, you know yeah. what I mean? Like you'll just, you'll keep in mind the people you had interactions with. I go through those people first. And then after that, I'll, I'll reach outside, but I always go to the people I know and I try my internet work first and work my way out. So it's, it's always good to stay in everybody's good graces. All right. We need to end the episode. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Just do a bunch um, of these and get the fucking things up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that is the end. So, yeah, this is it. That's the end of the three-part series. Um, how to get clients? Um, as always, massively appreciate any comments. Um, we have had a couple of people commenting recently and sending in feedback, which is amazing. And if there's something you think we've missed, also let us know. We've got a few more. Um, ideas for episodes we mentioned obviously the call you know when you get a call booked um, so we might go into more detail on that in a separate episode uh, but yeah let us know if you've got any ideas we're happy to have a look at them yep sounds good and uh, we'll catch everybody next week yes <laughs> <laughs>